0: Welcome to the Purple Fish Podcast. This is Mark Wilson, and today we are going to conclude the series Preach to Reach. We've been looking at uh, my research into the preaching practices of thriving churches. And in earlier episodes, I said that the preachers in thriving churches preach with homiletic authority, that they named the pain of their listener, the struggle or the angst. They defined the problem underneath. The pain. They um, entered the text rather than just explaining the text, and then they proclaimed that text with passion. The next part um, uh, that I found, which is I would say the most significant finding of my research, was that every single preacher in my study um, they they challenged their parishioners in the sermon. I call this prophetic challenge, prophetic challenge. Now, they also had words of encouragement in every sermon. And so I call the words of encouragement honey, and the prophetic challenge words jalapenos. So all of the sermons had jalapenos and honey. So I I, uh, analyzed these sermons line by line, every single line of several sermons of the 10 different preachers that I studied in these thriving congregations of the upstate of South Carolina, all different denominations and things. And all of the sermons had jalapenos and honey. All of them had challenge and encouragement, inspiration, encouragement. I, I when I analyzed the sermons line by line, I gave a title to each thing that that the sermon did every line what did it what's it doing here? what's it doing here? what's it doing here And the number one code that came out of all of them and there was like a hundred and some codes but the number one code that came out on top was challenge. That's what they were doing. They were challenging their people to think, challenging their people to do something, Um, They were speaking truth, hard truth sometimes, difficult truth sometimes, but they all were speaking challenging words, motivating their people to move forward, to take the next step. Now, this flies in the face of the popular sentiment, the idea that uh, if a preacher is going to have a growing church, that they have to water it down. That maybe the reason why these churches are growing is because the preachers are offering pablum to them or cotton candy kind of stuff, Um, like the sermons with no bite. But that's just not the way it was with the preachers that I studied. I mean, all of them in one way or another, in every single sermon that they preached, were speaking words of biblical challenge to the parishioners. No, I got to say that um, they also spoke words of inspiration and encouragement. So it wasn't just the challenge. In fact, if you just challenge people and you don't give them any hope, then the people walk away feeling scolded and skinned alive. And there are some preachers that do that. They just do a scolding. And and people might say that's good preaching. Um, But the only ones that say just being scolded is good preaching, those are sick, twisted people that probably need a therapist. <laughs> because uh, it's more than school. We need hope. We need hope. And, and and every sermon also included words of hope. The honey. Now there were some of the preachers that I studied that were more. Uh, they were more jalapeno type preachers, but they also included the honey. There were more that were the but based towards the honey side of things. They were more inspiring and all that. But still, they had words of of uh, of challenge confronting words the third most common code that i uh, i found was was the this the, the honey side the encouragements So the first most common was the challenge. The third most common code was the encouragement. The one in the middle was entering the text. So they went into the text. They didn't just explain the text, but they entered the text and they they painted pictures with the text and they lived in that text for themselves. But then from that text, they brought out words of challenge and then words of blessing and encouragement. Now there's a guy, uh, Paul Scott Wilson, who actually writes about this. He says uh, this is what, how you should put a sermon together: the four pages of a sermon. It's it's bad news in the text, and then bad news in life. Or I think the word he used was trouble. Trouble in the text, trouble in life, and then and then good news or grace in the text, and then grace in life. The good news in life. Now you can take those first three and mix them around. So you can start with trouble, um, trouble in life, and then go to trouble in the text, and then you go to grace in the text, and then go to grace in life. Or you can start with with trouble in life, and then and then you go to uh, uh, or to 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 grace. Well, no, no, what I was meant to say is you you go to um, to to trouble in 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 life and then go to the trouble in the text so you can mix and match those around is what i'm trying to say the first three um the, the 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 two troubles and then the 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 grace in the text but you should always always land it with grace in life good news in life hope for your life um so so well one problem with inspiring preachers and i'm one of them i mean i i tend to i tend to lean more towards the honey than the the jalapenos and i've had to work on the jalapeno side of my preaching but one one issue that we struggle with um is getting to the new, the good news too quickly see if you get to the good news too quickly like if you if you say the good news in your opening introduction and your opening sentences, then, then then, you lose the tension and you have to have tension. That's what makes a good story. It's what makes a good movie, a good novel. I'm reading John Grisham's latest novel right now, and he's just building tension and the tension is not going to get resolved till almost the end. And that's the way it should be with a sermon. You don't resolve the tension right away, and the trouble in the text, and the trouble in life—that's where we live in the tension. Now, you can talk about grace in the text before you you um, you talk about the trouble in life. You could do that, um, but 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 if you do that, you just want to make sure that it doesn't resolve too quickly. Like, so you could have a, have a trouble in the text. And then, and then you go to grace in the text, but you said, "But wait a minute, how does that apply to life?" Because here's our problem in our life, you know. And then you get to the trouble in life. You could you could do it that way, um, but don't don't get to the grace in life too quickly, or else everything diffuses. So if you preach all jalapenos, then what you're doing is scolding people. If you preach all honey, then it's uh, it's just cotton candy. It's sweet. It's not nutritious. It doesn't build you up. So a person could be funny and tell good stories and all that kind of stuff. But if there's no bite to it, if there's no challenge to it, um then it's just going to fall flat, and it'll be the same as if you went to a performance or something. And that's the kind of of sermon that at the end, people will shake your hand and say, nice and tasty sermon, pastor, that was very tasty. And then later on, they won't remember it all because they didn't have anything to apply and change in the way they lived. The very last observation I made in my research was that all of the sermons, except for one that I analyzed ended with one of these three things. It was what I call, all three of these can be summed up as an, an invitational benediction, an invitational benediction, words of blessing, but it's inviting them to do something, not scolding them to do it, but inviting them into a journey. And the journey is either get right with Jesus, or get help from Jesus, or go be with Jesus, go bless the world with Jesus, go serve Jesus. So it's either get right, get help, or get out there and start doing something. Only one sermon ended with a, a summary of what was uh, being said, and that was just a, a, a unique sermon. I mean, that was a blip. That was uh, that was not the way the preachers do it. And so I would suggest uh, don't do what the speech professors tell you to do. You know, tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, and then tell them what you told them. Boy, that's the crummiest way to do a sermon. First of all, you don't want to tell them what you're going to tell them, because if you do that, you've already told them and you'll, they'll, they're, they're going to lose interest. So don't tell them, don't give your cards away too quickly. And then at the end, man, if, if you need to tell them what you told them, then you didn't tell them. So, so you, you don't want to do that. You just want to end with a bang, with end with a punch, end with a story or a power punch line that just knocks them off their feet. I, I tell my preaching students too many of my preachers and too many of my preaching students they at the conclusion they keep jumping up and down on the diving board and they just they're just they're just not ready to quite make the dive they just keeps on going and going and going and going and I a lot of preachers do that they they take way too long to wrap it up if you can't figure out how to wrap it up then just turn off the engine and let the airplane crash it's way better than just circling around in the fog but I would suggest, as you come to the end, think about a compelling story, or or a, and, and tie it to a PowerPoint that says or power punch line, I guess I'd say not PowerPoint. That sounds like a slide. Uh, I have a whole uh, philosophy about preaching with slides. I'll talk about that another time. But the power punchline may be tied to the point that's get 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 things going with Jesus. Get right with Jesus. Get help from Jesus, and go out and bless them all in Jesus' name. Well, I hope that this uh, little overview of my research is helpful to you as you preach. And may you just continue to preach. Always preach for a verdict. Preach for a change. Don't preach for information. Preach for transformation.